This is episode number 158 with Peter Awad. Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. As always, this is your host, Jared Warren, author, advisor, coach, and dedicated to helping you reach your maximum potential. I am so excited and fired up about today's episode, but first, I'm excited to tell you about the charging that I'm doing right now. The Human Charger was created by my friends at Valky and is an incredible device called the Sun in Your Pocket. Want to fight crashes in the afternoon? Want to wake up faster and not have to pound caffeine? The Human Charger is for you, and the guys at Valky have given us 20% off to Success 101 podcast listeners. The earbuds that you stick in your ear send a bright white, blue-infused light into your ear canal and hit the photoreceptor proteins on your brain. Just as if you were staring at the sun, guys. Now you don't have to pound caffeine. Now you don't have to have your circadian rhythms all out of whack. You can wake up. You can fuel up. You can charge up after lunch. Heck, you can charge up for a pre-workout if that's what you're looking for. But the sun in your pocket gets you going. Just head over to success101podcast.com forward slash human charger and at checkout enter success101 in the promo code for 20% off. Now on to our show today. Guys, I'm going to ask you a big question. Is it possible to slow down and still get more done? My guest today is Peter Awood, who travels the globe with his wife and four kids to prove that we can live life to the fullest maximize our hustle and business, and still slow down to make our biggest memories in life count. Peter founded and hosts the Slow Hustle podcast, where he talks with business owners about how to scale their business and how to slow down the busyness in their lives. This is one that I'm super excited about and so glad you guys are here joining me. So without any further delay, let's cut right to my conversation with the one and only Peter Awood. Hey, Peter, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. How are things in beautiful Southern California today? That's pretty great, man. Jared, thanks for having me. Man, I'm so excited to have you on. And you and I were talking a little bit offline. And for my listeners out there, I just want to frame this a little bit. I love every podcast that I do. I love my guests. I love the messages. I've got a very wide audience that, you know, really the whole peak performance idea, you can go a lot of different directions with that. But the idea is how do we get better every day through many things, whether it's dealing with my doctors and neurologists out there, dealing with my coaches, dealing with my athletes, dealing with people that are tuning in saying, hey, I want to have a better life. But the whole idea that you're going to talk to us about today, the slow hustle I just want to send a message to my listeners today. This is hopefully not your normal Success 101 podcast. And what I mean by that is I want to have some real actionable steps around how people seeking a true slow hustle. Number one, what does that even really mean if if people aren't aware of your message out there? But I want to hear from you on what provoked you to build this slow hustle into your life. I know that's what you're all about. I'm so anxious to hear your story. Take us all the way back to where this whole slow hustle idea started for you. And let's really dive into some actionable steps where people can really, I mean, without being cliche here, really change their life through slowing down, but also really hustling every day. 
So, I, I mean, I grew up in an immigrant family, parents from Egypt, they, you know, the whole bit. They get over here, the 500 bucks, the clothes on the back, trying to figure out life, right? And fast forward a few years, they've saved up some cash and moved to Florida, start a grocery store, right? And that's what the Egyptians, the Arabs in Florida, the Indians in Florida do, right? We start grocery right. stores. And that's just kind of how it is, right? That's kind of the, the state of things. And they do that. And, you know, from a very early age, I was around four when they started this business. They're just grinding and they're working seven days a week for the first six, seven years, six days a week for the remaining 18 or so. So they, I mean, these people, you talk about wow. grinding, you talk about hustling, you talk about work. These people, my parents knew how to do that. Like there was not a lack of that in my family. Right. So I see my dad, you know, one day he's in the kitchen after a day of work and he's dancing, like literally dancing. And just telling my wife about how amazing business is and how great they're doing. The next day, he's in the kitchen. He's sitting down. He's got his head down. And he's talking to her about how he is not sure if the business can make it. Right? Wow. And this happened a lot. Right? This could be you know one day apart. could be a month apart, week apart, year apart, whatever. And I remember thinking, this guy's nuts. Like, how can you be so positive and so amped? And then on the other hand... Feel like you're going to go out of business, right? Within just such a short time period, until I realized that it was happening to me. Until I started my company and saw this roller coaster that we all live on, right? And if you're a founder and you're listening, you're nodding your head right now. Why? Because everybody goes through this roller coaster of emotions, ups and downs. You feel manic. You feel crazy. You're super excited. You're super depressed. I mean, it's just if you're not nodding your head right now, you email me, tell me your secret. And it, when, when I start telling the story to people, this is before Slow Hustle was, began, they'd be like, you too? I thought you had to figure it out, right? <laughs> and, and like you see, like you get this, like the, people's highlight reel and you see and you think that they've got it figured out and you're the only idiot that can't hack it, right? Like I'm the only person that can't make it. And you feel like there's, there's this imposter syndrome that sets in and you just think that you're the only person going through this because nobody wants to talk about it, right? Yeah, You absolutely. ask somebody, how, how are you doing? Great, grinding, incredible crushing it, you know, fill in the blank, whatever current phrase there is. Nobody talks about how, you know what, I'm having a really, I'm having a down day. I, I, you know, business is down, revenue's down, or I had a bad email from a client or, you know, I got some bad feedback from a customer. Most people don't share that stuff, you know? So I start going through this and, you know, meanwhile, I'm married, I get married and then I have kids and I have another kid. I have four kids now. And I start thinking, I'm like, you know, and I start bringing this stuff home. I start, I'm, I'm not nice to my family, right? Or our I'm not fully present and my kid's talking to me, my wife's talking to me and I'm nodding my head, but I'm not listening. I'm not hearing what they're saying, right? Because I'm still at the office. Right. And between that and then thinking like, oh, I bet maybe if I work Saturdays, I could get through all this stuff. Or maybe if I put in more time or if I had longer days, I could really like get ahead of things and I wouldn't have to grind as much or as long, right? Which is not the right solution, obviously. And, <laughs> right. and I just start thinking, I'm like, man, this is kiss campy yet. Like, this can't be the life that I'm going to live forever, right? I'm a founder. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a creator. This is going to be my life. And I, I can't live this way forever. This can't be it. And so I just start thinking, like, you know, are there some other ways to live? You know, and then this is around the time of maybe four-hour work week and talking to some other people that live unconventional lives, uh, lives. And it's like, man, how do you manage? Or if you see that person that's really super peaceful and they don't seem like they're, like, rushing everywhere. Like, what is, how is that person living that life? What are they doing? And so just through these conversations that I started having with people, I started realizing, wow, this conversation was super valuable to me. This really speaks to this. It didn't have a name at the time, but speaks to this like idea of slow hustle. 
instead of grinding your face off 24-7, right? As some other personalities, you know, kind of perpetuate that life. And so I start putting this together and it's like, well, this conversation was super helpful to me. What if I could have shared that? Like, What if somebody could have listened in? What if somebody could have participated in these conversations? And so that's where, that's when Slow Hustle was born, right? And then it finally got a name and we started the Grow Data audience. But those are, that's the story of the early days. A couple of things that I want to camp out on there, as you talk about your parents and you talk about the founders, I know your podcast is really made and built around interviewing founders, but I know there's a lot of people out there that are operating exactly the way you just described that are not necessarily founders. So I would say, number one, for my listening audience out there, and you would say this too, I'm sure, Peter, it's not just for founders. There are plenty of people that can get entrenched in whatever it is that they're doing, even if they're in the kind of the employee-based status that could just be not great to their family when they go home, always kind of searching for that next day of work that they can get more stuff done. I just told somebody just a couple of weeks ago that Fridays used to be a thank goodness it's Friday back whenever I was in a, you know, a non-founder role like I am now running a business. And now Fridays are more like, oh man, look at all this stuff I've got to get to on Monday. Uh, it kind of reminds me of what you mentioned about your parents. And we all go through that as founders or even some people not. But just, I think it's really interesting, your story, because watching them go through that grind, as much as you didn't like seeing it, the ups and downs and ups and downs, your dad dancing in the kitchen and then wondering if the business is going to survive. I think more people resort to just saying, hey, I'm a business owner now myself. I watched my parents do this. It's just the way it is. I've got to grind because that's all they know. What sent you on a different path? What was that provoking trigger? You know, I don't know that it was one specific trigger, but I do know at some point in my life, I decided to start paying attention. And it's something I've been harping on recently is this idea of paying attention. And I'll tell you what I mean. When you're a parent or you're a spouse, or let's say you're single, but you're going through work, you can just resign yourself to being like, this is what life is, right? So as a parent, you can be like, oh, you know, it's, it's the terrible twos, right? Or the whatever they call the threes, right? He's, oh, it's just the phase. And this is the way that it is. And you can just decide that this is just life, right? Like you can decide like, oh, I'm a parent. I, that means I don't get any sleep. And that's just how it is. And, you know, these kids are this age and they're terrible and they don't listen. And this is how it is. And they act out. And this is how it is. And work sucks. And that's how it is. And you can just decide that's what it is and then become powerless, right? Just say, oh, you know, I'm a victim of this circumstance, and that's just how it is. Or sure. you can really pay attention. And so what I mean by that is you can say, you know, I got this is an example from a very early podcast. It's like I think it was like second episode of Slow Hustle. And this is a very, it's a, it's, I'll paint the picture of paying attention. So my buddy Zach, who I just saw recently, he, he's out of Vegas and he's running a startup and it was super stressful. And he found himself, Wednesdays were like his ultimate low. Wednesdays, he would come in, he couldn't focus, he couldn't pay attention. He's pacing back and forth from the desk to the water cooler. And he could have just decided like, that's the way the weeks go. That Wednesdays were his low moment and that's just how it is. Or he decided to say, you know what? I've burned it so hard Mondays and Tuesdays that by Wednesday, I've got nothing left. And the, the way that I can refill my tank is by taking Wednesday mornings off and decided just to ride my motorcycle up into the mountains. And he's taken a couple hours and he comes back and he's refreshed and he can get back at it and have you know, a quote unquote Monday, right? So just as much mental bandwidth as he had on the on the actual Monday, he can have another day, his Wednesday afternoon, that is like super, super fired up. And so that to me is an example of paying attention. Don't resign yourself to just feeling a certain way or being a certain way, but instead take some action, right? And so like one of the retrospectives that I did for the first time this year 
is I looked and I just like this brain dumped on paper for like five, you know, five or six pages, a couple hours probably, where I just wrote down like how the year went, what was good, what was bad, right? Just like dump it all down on paper and then go back and just try to critique it. Like, why was the good good? What did that mean? Why did it make you feel good? Why was the bad bad? And you kind of categorize these things, right? So for me, an example would be, I hate the hell out of accounting. I can't stand it, right? And so that was one of the things. I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like there's, you know, there's very few of the bookkeeping and accounting that I do. There's still a few things. And I wrote down, that was like part of the bad. And so I just decided like, how do I get rid of this? Like, how can I remove this from my life, right? So it's one thing to write it all down, to categorize it, and then to take action and say, how can I get rid of the bad? You're not ever going to get rid of all of it, right? This is, that's why it's called life. And, but you get rid of as much as you can. How do I get more of the good, right? So some of the things that jazzed you up, some of the things that fired you up, things that were great and exciting and motivating and inspiring, how do I have more of that? So that to me is the paying attention part. Yeah, that's so key. I've got, uh, you know, you mentioned four-hour work week earlier. I've got Tools of Titans right here in front of me. And one of the things that I was just reading earlier today, a couple hours before our podcast here, was just, you know, basically five morning, I'm going to butcher the title of it here, five morning routines that, you know, basically start the day off right. And it's those first 60 to 90 minutes in the morning, Tim Ferriss says, that you'll really control the next 12 hours. And I find that most people are not doing what you just mentioned. Most people are so ingrained in the busyness. They're ingrained in the hustle, right? There's no slow part to it. It's hustle, 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 or whatever their version of that looks like. They're not taking two hours to brain dump five or six pages worth of notes, but then taking that even a step further, as I'm so glad you clarified and saying, what does that even mean whenever I start writing down the good of last year? Like most people just, you know, if they do take the time to brain dump, they just write a few things down. They look at it. They go, oh, that feels good. I'm glad I'm taking time to do this. Close the book, move on. Their brain doesn't retain anything. It doesn't move the needle, right? You're taking it a step further with your example you just gave and saying, what do I do with this information? And why was that even good? What does that even mean for my life? We make excuses as to why we don't get into deep thought as well. And I find that if more people would just sit and think, gosh, I can't even imagine what our weeks and our years and our months would look like. What is it for you that amongst all of that busyness and chaos helps you bring the slow part of this as well um, instead of just being busy all the time? There's something I shared with a a guest just earlier today um, for the show that is something that I've just recently been able to embrace. I'll tell you what it is and I'll tell you kind of like a, a quick illustration, but the work never ends. There's never, like you never get to the end. Like you never, you're never like, oh, that was my last email forever. Like it just right. never stop. There's no bottom. And so stop operating in life like you're going to get to the end, get to the finish line because it does. It's not there. Right. And so I'll tell you what I mean. Like you, you power through and you're like inbox zero and you're going to get through these phone calls and you're like, let me squeeze one more thing in before I leave the office as if you're going to finish. Right. Like you're going to be done. And then you get home and then you get to work the next day and there's a big pile of work le- that's there that's accumulated overnight, right? It's, it's, right? There's no end to it. But we're running around, we're frazzled, we're like, you know, manic. I don't know what another phrase would be, as if we're going to hurry up and finish. And so how that's helped me is like, I'll end the day. Let's say I was planning on being done at five or 4.30 or whatever it is. And I'll just tell myself, like, if, if I don't, if I feel like I didn't get as much done as I was planning on doing it, which you know, most days don't go as planned, but if you have a system, which we can talk about morning routine, if you want to, I could harp on that for days oh, yeah. and days and days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but you know, you, so you can have more higher likelihood of having a day go your way. But most, you know, some days they don't go your way. I've come to the to the process where when I if I finish a day, you know, and I end my work day at the time I wanted to, and it didn't go the way I wanted to, I tell myself, "We'll just try again tomorrow. We'll just try again tomorrow." Like today's over. It went the way that it went. I can't do anything about it. I didn't get to the bottom because it doesn't exist. It's not there. We'll just try again tomorrow. And instead, because before I would try to finish, like if I had five things on my list and I only got to three, I would force myself to finish those other two. And here's the thing. You don't put out your best work then. You don't put out your best work when your tank's completely empty. You don't put out your best work when you needed to be home at five and now it's 7.30. You don't do it, right? And now don't get me wrong. There are times when you need to stay late and grind it out. There are times, but you know what? That's not every day. And it's most, most of the time, it's not the case where it needs to get done this freaking moment, right? Most of the time, yeah. that's, that's not how it is. And so if we stop operating in that capacity, I think we'd be less frazzled. We'd be more slow, right? And the thing that I think about that I've, I'll try to illustrate here is like, you think of the UPS guy or gal, and they run around like crazy and they empty that truck out. But in the morning, that thing's full again. Like There is no end to packages. Or you can use... You can use FedEx, you can use the post office, whatever. Like they run around and they hurry up and they get all those packages delivered. And you know what? They're just more tomorrow. You know, like there's no end of it. There's no bottom. That's right. That's right. And I want to throw just a little bit of a curveball here, not to negate what you said, but actually to strengthen your point. I just want to hear what you have to say about it, because I truly don't know what the answer to this is. I know that I have my business that I run here full of financial advisors, some older in the business, some younger that I'm coaching and leading and guiding we have a process that we try to follow that says, look, this is what helps a young advisor in their career. You make this many phone calls a day. You reach out to this many people to get introductions to more people that you can manage money or whatever it is that we're doing for that individual client. And then you also keep a certain amount of meetings each day. And history has shown, I mean, I'm not employed by this company, but the company that regulates me and I get to work underneath their business model, they're a 165 almost year old company. So there's some trends that show Financial advisors exit the business quickly when they don't do these things, and they stay in the business for a very long, lucrative career if they do these other things, right? Many of our advisors will do what you said. Hey, if I didn't have a great day, you know what? I'm just going to get to it tomorrow. But what I find with a lot of those guys is they're putting off painful things. They're putting off making hard phone calls. They're putting off getting introduced to certain people or making those favorable introduction requests to people. And our business is different than other people's businesses and so on and so on. But to some degree, when does it become, you know what, I'm okay saying I didn't get to everything because I'll just get to it tomorrow, but then never getting to it versus I'm avoiding pain and I'll just get to it tomorrow. I'll do better tomorrow. And then you avoid again and I'll get to it tomorrow. You avoid again. And you try to stay in that hustle of working really hard, but not smart. When do you kind of have to call a timeout in your opinion and say, you know what, I'm not just being okay with not finishing things every day for the sake of not finishing them. I'm not finishing things every day because I'm avoiding pain and I've got to shift that. Do you have an answer for that? So there's a book called The One Thing, and I think you had Jay, you had Jay on the show, I think, right? I did. I okay. did. All right. So Jay would probably give you a very similar answer, I'm guessing, not to put words in his mouth, but they're not focusing on the right things. They're not getting to the things they need to get to because their focus is in the wrong direction, right? And so this, to me, also goes back to morning routine and setting a precedence. So we should probably go there in a second. But I'll tell you that the financial advisor in this example is not getting to the things they need to get to. And they're saying, hey, I'll do better tomorrow because they front-loaded their day with the wrong stuff. They front-loaded their day with busy work. And so before I read one thing, which I read this last summer and you know Jay's been on the show and we've got some fun stuff coming up with those guys, but I was very, very effective. Batching, time, 
blocking out the schedule, phone on airplane mode. You fill in the blank. Like I was doing it. However, I was being very effective on the wrong things. You see, that person, that, that, that picture you painted, that person could be doing a lot of stuff. They could be checking things off the to-do list like crazy. But they're the, they're the wrong things. They're stuff that shouldn't have been on the list to begin with. Or those are the things that should be getting left to last at the end of the day and maybe not being completed, right? So there are things that maybe need to be done, but not done right now. Jay Papasan, Gary Keller, for those of you guys who have not just raced to your you know Amazon or bookstore or wherever and grabbed that copy, you've got to get it. I had he and uh, Angela Duckworth the week before on my podcast because last year, the two books that everyone in the busy, busy world were in said, you got to get your hands on grit. You got to get your hands on the one thing. Mm-hmm. And both of those books just blew me away. I know it did for you as well. So let's get into what you've been referring to here. I know we could go on all day about you know some of these things that are just actionable and tangible and what can we start doing. I would love for you to tell us how it's possible to slow down and get more done, which you've alluded to a little bit here, but also using it into or building it into your routine as you've learned to do. You've likely done what many of us have done, which is you test things, you find out things that work and don't work. And though everybody's a little bit different, let's find out what's worked for you that people could start implementing based on the testing you've done and what has just really helped you get your mindset right for the day and then also get your mind right or have your mind stay in that point by the end of the day to where you are more in control. Yeah. And, you know, and you've we've alluded to it a few times already. And I mean, everything starts with the morning routine. And you see like, you know, 5 a.m. Miracle with our buddy Jeff. You see Miracle Morning. You see all of these things about morning routine. And people will like, they start, their eyes start to glaze over. They're like, oh, gosh, don't talk about the morning thing <laughs> right. again. Right, like, right. Everybody's talking about mornings. And here's the thing. These are all like different systems to try to get the same result. And that is to start your day off on the right foot. And it may sound too simple. And a lot of people overlook like, oh, getting up early. Like, what's the big deal? Like my morning could be noon. Your morning could be 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. What's the difference? There's a heck of a lot of difference, right? Because for me as a parent, I tell this story. My wife hates it. She's, I, I was, it was either wake up before the kids or wake up with a kick in the nuts, Right. And like, and it's right, a, like right. not a, it's a literal one, right? Like kids jumping on the bed, jumping on you. Right. And so like, I needed to be up early in order to be able to see my kids and to actually care to see them and be happy to see them and be excited to see them. Cause they were excited to see me. Right. They're up in the morning. It's a new day for a kid. You know, how, you know how it is. And oh, so, yeah. but for you, you're like, oh my gosh, I just needed five more minutes. Right. And you know, you got to wonder too, why is it always five more minutes? Like what's, it's just, it's hilarious. Anyways. So the morning routine to me is just, it's critical because you're setting that like precedence, you're setting that intentional system in place so that you can have that higher likelihood of success, right? Like not every day is going to be as effective as you'd want it to be, but you have a higher likelihood of that. Right. And so for me, it was waking up before the kids. It was also having a very intentional breakfast. And so I've got this, um, smoothie recipe. I call it jet fuel because I feel like it, it is literal jet fuel for me. It's a, it's a bunch of different things and I can go through the ingredients if you want, but it's like the most disgusting green smoothie on the face of the planet, right? And so I'll just chug it down because I know that that is going to be literal fuel for my body. There's going to be nutrition for my body, nutrition for my brain, so I can be at my optimum performance, okay? And then having this morning routine where you're reminding yourself of what's important, right? And so for me, it's my family, it's my faith, it's my personal growth. And so doing things that are going to get my mind in the right frame of mind, right? And so you've got that morning routine, but then it even starts the night before. 
and understanding like, okay, like I'll go through what is it for me? Like, what am I going to be working on tomorrow? Like what's on my calendar? What are my big rocks that I'm really focused on moving tomorrow and putting myself in that right frame of mind, like giving my brain something to work on overnight. That's like, okay, here's the problem that I'm going to be working on. Here's the project I'm going to be working on in the morning and setting my clothes out so that I, that they're exactly where they need to be. So I'm not fumbling around in the dark, trying to find those. All my ingredients are in the refrigerator. So I know I'm have the highest likelihood of having that smoothie in the morning, which I've had pretty much every single day for the last nine months or so. It's just like setting that system in place, like creating that highest likelihood of success for yourself. So you just went through kind of your morning routine of you wake up, you look at your intentions for the day, you look at the most important things of the day, you have your jet fuel smoothie, as you mentioned it. And yes, I would love to link up those uh, ingredients in the show notes so everyone can see that. But I'm really curious because a lot of people would probably say, I think, I think a few minutes ago, you mentioned that you are there with your kids in the mornings. I know a lot of people, myself maybe included, who would say, man, it's really important for me to get out the door early in the mornings because with four kids, if I'm up before them and I'm getting some stuff done, once they're up, it's kind of a circus. And a lot of people would say, if I'm not out of the house, kind of getting my thoughts right, I'm on the road, I'm doing a brain dump, you know, as I'm on my way in, whatever, I'm going to start my day off in a little bit of a circus. And then that's going to set the tone for the rest of the day. How are you dealing with it being there with the kids in kind of the little bit of the madness in a good way, right? But then also having the wherewithal to say, I'm in a great mindset for tackling this first half of the day because your first half of the day involves a little bit of a circus if you're there with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I do both, man. I do both. There are some mornings where I'm out of the house. Like today I was out of the house before the kids were up and I haven't even seen them yet today. They're out doing skateboarding practice and some other stuff. And so I did not see them. Right. So there's some days where I need to start the day with my morning routine and I haven't seen them yet. There are other days where I'll do my morning routine, I'll see them and then I'll head out. But I'll tell you what, you compare your morning with them waking you up, jumping on the bed, and you're not ready to wake up, and then you're like fumbling around and you're trying to scramble and get them out of the house to get them to school or you know whatever it is that your system is and get yourself in the right mindset versus what I said, which is get your, your day started before they wake up, getting all of your morning routine out of the way, getting yourself in the right mind space before they wake up. You compare the two, there's such a sharp contrast, you won't even recognize yourself. <laughs> You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So there's certain days, and I'm sure it's not a set pattern, but it sounds like to me there's certain days you're there, certain days you're not, uh, which is great because you're getting in time with them in the mornings, which is really good. As far as going back to some of the principles in the one thing, as you mentioned, as you're sitting down to map out your intentions for the day, as you're looking at the most important things or narrowing that down, narrowing your goals down to the one thing and how you're going to accomplish that, I'd love to know what tools or resources you're using. One of the main web pages that is visited the most on my side is my tools and resources page, because anytime I come across something I'm testing that works, I'll just, I'll put it in there as a link. Productivity, health and fitness, sleep, rest, rituals, you fill in the blank. What are some tools you're using out there, whether it's apps, journals, anything that you're doing right now that really helps you? Because we all need help, right? I mean, we're not Superman. We all need help getting through the day and staying focused. What are you using to time block and all those sort of things? Yeah, there are a number of different things. As part of this is you know systematic, and part of this is maybe you know through some software. I use Focus at Will for, and I actually learned it from our buddy Jeff. Yeah, I've heard him talk about it. Just this, I, they call it scientifically engineered, you know, music. I don't know, something like that, something ridiculous, right? But it totally works to have this music on, this playing in the background that allows you to just like focus in and eliminate distractions and just be working on what you need to be working on, okay? 
So how's that different than maybe opening up a Spotify study playlist that somebody out there has put together with kind of the same similar type of music? Because Jeff's the first one that I've heard mention that. Yeah. I didn't know if it, hey, it just works for him, but you're saying it works as well. How's it a little bit different than that? I don't know what kind of juju they've got playing in the background there. Like maybe there's some like, <laughs> I, don't, I honestly have no idea, man. But I'll tell you this, like I'm the kind of person that's pl- like constantly playing music. I'm working in coffee shops all the time because we're on the road quite a bit. And this has been the first thing that I've been able to play. And I will start in a coffee shop, maybe 630 in the morning. There's nobody in there. And I'll be working away. And several hours have passed. And I've looked up and the coffee shop is packed full. And I had no idea. Wow. Why does it work? I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. So I think they got like a two-week free trial or something you can link up to. But So that, that is one of the tools that I learned from him that I've been using since we chatted many, many, many months ago. Yeah, I think it's geared to your brain waves from whatever our, your alpha brain waves uh, from what, because, you know, delta waves put you to sleep at night. The alpha waves get you into deep thought. I think that's what it's geared around. So it's it really is scientifically proven for you listeners out there. It's proven those sort of things to actually work. I just didn't know of anybody else that was using it until yeah. you and he mentioned it. So that's, that's great to hear. It is great, man. So, so to me, it's less about the apps and more about the process. And so I'll tell you kind of what I've been doing and continuing to refine. And I fail every once in a while more than I'd like, but more often than not, this is the process that I follow. My calendar has on it what, I, what I've said on it, maybe a, you know two, three, four, maybe even a week in advance, what I want to get done. I call it my big rocks. Like, What is it that I want to get done that day that is critically important that if I get that done, I don't care how the rest of the day goes. Like This day has been a success, right? So that's on my calendar already. I don't get up in the morning and say, oh, what is my big rock for the day or what's most important for me to get done today? It's already on there because I already set it on there. Okay. And then the other thing is, is being very, very militant about putting things on my calendar otherwise. So whether it's a schedule, a meeting to schedule, it's a phone call, you know, any of that stuff, I try to schedule those in the afternoon, if at all. Right. And so I try to ask myself, like, is this a meeting I really need to take? Is this a phone call that I really need to take? And, and I'll give you a quick example of that. Like, this happens to all of us. We'll have an email interaction back and forth. Let's say it's a salesperson for a software you're considering. And they'll say, hey, can we jump, jump on a phone call? And I'll ask myself, like, is this even ready for a phone call? Do I have all the information I need to warrant a phone call? And very often you do not. Right. They want to get you on a phone call right. for, for their obvious reasons. Right. They want to close the sale. However, yeah, sell it. yeah, a lot of times I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know how much this costs. You haven't answered all my questions yet. Not ready for a phone call yet but please answer these questions. And they can answer those and you can read those at your leisure and then you can decide whether you want a phone call. So I just try to be really, really careful about what goes on my calendar. I try to cheat, you know, treat my calendar as being very sacred. Um, and that's why on there every Friday at noon, I have scheduled one-on-one time with one of my kids, right? That's sacred. That's wow. a sacred time that I'm going to spend with one of my kids. Maybe we'll go out to lunch. Maybe we'll go for a walk or a run or whatever it is. Maybe we'll just go sit by the beach and talk. But that's like sacred time. And so I think and your oldest is around like eight or nine, I believe, nine, right? Yeah, yeah, nine. Yep, that's right. It's nine all the way down to two. And so, um, and so it's just one of these things where like we get very willy nilly. Like I live by my calendar, and I used to put like anything and everything on there, recurring stuff, no big deal. Like I didn't really care. But if you treat that calendar sacred and protect your, like I have in my, I read a goals list every morning, and one of the things in my goals is like protect my schedule to the death. Like this, this schedule is <laughs> sacred, right? If that one hour phone call could derail your whole entire day. So what, do you really, really want to put it on there? Like, is it that important? Right. Okay. But back to the, the process, I try to block out, you know, as founders, we can do this maybe as an employee, it'd be a little bit more difficult. So you'd have to maybe adjust the time period here. But 
up until lunch, I treat it as super sacred, no phone calls, no emails. I try to keep my phone on airplane mode as long as possible so there's no text messages and my computer's on do not disturb. And so I can really, really... So you're not even throwing the phone in do not disturb mode like a lot of people do and they think that's a breakthrough. But then when they finally turn it back on, there's all these messages on there that have been coming through in the background. You're saying, take a step further, go all the way to airplane mode. All the way to airplane. I just talked to my wife about this the other day. I'm like, here's the phone number to the coffee shop. So if it is... (laughs) that's awesome call the coffee shop right and tell them that you need to talk to me right now because i i always get worried i'm like oh airplane mode what about my wife what about the kids what if there's like an emergency right call the coffee shop here's their phone number right and so like because here i mean you think about this how often so listener think about this for a minute when was the last time you just put your head down and just plowed through work with no distractions no phone call no text no email no social media nothing Nobody popping in your office. When was the last time you did it? You probably can't remember. Yeah, exactly. But so much meaningful, ridiculous work could be done. You think about that, that's that person you just talked about, that they get to the end of the day and they didn't get their real work done, the stuff they were supposed to get done, the stuff that is statistically proven to like give them higher likelihood of success in their career. Now, if they lock themselves in an office and they did what I just talked about, and let's say their, their deal was they had to make 20 phone calls in a day, and they just got those 20 phone calls out of the way with no other interruptions, how much more likely would they be successful at that, at that, in that career, in that job? Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's the difference of busyness versus being, being busy versus being productive. That's right. Basically, it's what it comes down to, which so many of us get caught up in that trap of being busy and feeling great in the moment, releases of dopamine, excitement. I'm really knocking stuff out. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, man, I'm, I was so busy today, but how like, did I move the needle? Did I really get a lot done? And I think really that's what your message of slow hustle kind of comes down to is the hustle part of it is really doing that. Like hustling, but not like this cliche phrase of hustle, like, oh, I just hustled, I grinded. I mean, people throw those words around so much, but you're talking about a really dedicated, deep work hustle, but then still flipping over to the slow part of it is understanding that through that, you're going to be more in control. You're going to have your intention set. You're going to get a lot more done. You're going to feel better. And then the anxiety, the cortisol, stress-building hormone, all those sort of things are not going to be present when you finally get around your family. And when Friday comes halfway through the day and you need to spend one-on-one time with your kids, you're not stressing out. You know, in most cases, I mean, you're human like the rest of us, right? So I'm sure you get behind on things as well. But Mm -hmm. you're not stressing out in most cases about, crud, I can't do that because I'm so far behind on everything else. Listen, man, we're busy because we have too much on our schedule. We're busy because we're taking on too much stuff. We're busy because we're not working on the right things all the time. But you talk about that focus time. Not only are you getting the right things done, you're being productive on the right things. They're in this mode that is totally different, right? Now, you think about the guy that needs to make, or the gal needs to make 20 phone calls. Now, you imagine you make those 20 phone calls, but in between, you're answering texts, you're answering emails, you're checking social media. It's a very frazzled state of mind versus very calmly and succinctly and in a calculated fashion going from one call to the next, to the next, to the next. It's a completely different demeanor. It's a completely different way of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you're a big fan on getting to bed early. I've heard you say before, (laughs) which if you're not careful, obviously you could cut out time that you could be with your wife. And then you guys are like passing ships in the night, never communicating. I understand that with multiple kids. You know, people used to tell me that they're like, man, you know, we become like passing ships in our marriage. And I didn't understand that early on. I was like, what do you mean? You live in a house with somebody unless your house is so big, you can't find each other. How are you not communicating? And like, I totally get it now. You end up communicating to the kids all the time. 
not meaning to. And then you're like, crap, I got to get some sleep because I got to get up earlier. I got to do this, that, whatever. And then you go a couple weeks and go, man, we haven't really talked a lot, but it's kind of felt like things are okay. And then that just gets worse and worse and worse with no communication. How are you managing that part of getting enough sleep, getting to bed early, but still having time to block out that most important thing in your life? It's very, very, very difficult, Um, especially like my wife. She likes to stay up late um, and she does so because she doesn't have any quiet time otherwise. Right. Um, (laughs) That's right. She's home with the kids. She's homeschooling. I mean, she's like on almost it seems like 24 seven. So it's tough to get quiet time. One thing that we've started to do recently is get up early together. And so around what time is that that you guys are ideally trying to get (laughs) up before the kids get up? 6 a.m. is when we're trying to get up together. Right. And so we're, we get to have like our coffee together and this is still a work in progress. This is very, very new for us, right? Just since the beginning of the year, we got getting settled in our new place here for the next you know few months and get up early, have that coffee together, have some quiet time, just have some conversation that's uninterrupted. And then we get to go on and do our own morning routine. So that's something that we're working on now, but it's difficult, man. I mean, it's, we were just talking the other day, like there's so many things that we would want to do for self-improvement and for business and for, you know, there's, you can work on your marriage, you can work on being a better parent, better uh, founder, better leader, better personally, you know, through your you know, spiritual walk, all these different things. There's not time for all of them, right? And so just figuring out like in your current state, in this chapter of life, what's most important to you? And you can't do them all. I mean, there's times when the kids are so small and you're not getting any sleep. It's like, you know what? I can't get up early. Right. Because I'm, <laughs> right. I'm going to be getting three hours of sleep or, you know, so just like under, just acknowledging where you're at in life and just being like, OK, this is my chapter. This is the chapter I'm in. Maybe I can't have the physical health that I want. Like maybe I can't do yoga five days a week. Right. Because I can't get there. I can't physically get there. there's no time to get there. Um, and so you augment and you do, diff- do different things. And so there are just like these different chapters. Now we're in a place where our youngest is two and a half. We're like, OK, I think we can do all that. Like, I think you can get up early with me and not feel super sleep deprived and we can have some morning time to really get some um, some quiet time in. But that means that yeah. you don't get to watch that late night movie. And that's the biggest thing that I'm learning is don't force things. This season will pass, whatever you're in. There will always be more work to do. You've got to rest. You've got to enjoy what you're doing. And that's where the slow part of slow hustle comes in. And so, so, so glad of your message. I hate the fact that you stole that because I think eventually I would have gotten around to taking some idea like that. You already beat me to it. But, you know, it's just that (laughs) idea, guys, listening in of just, you know, just understanding that there's nothing wrong with the hustle. There's nothing wrong with working really hard and it's noble. But why are you working so hard and are you doing it out of a fear mentality or are you doing it out of an abundance mentality, knowing that at some point you can shut it off and be totally okay with that because tomorrow you're going to come right back and pick it up again and you're okay with that and you rest in that. But yet you're time blocking, you're putting in the big rocks, as you mentioned there are certain times you can do things, certain times you can. It's just such a strong message. As we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, Peter, I feel like I could go on for like 10 hours with you. We mentioned a couple of tools uh, mm-hmm. as far as just more so as the process type tools, like you said, the big rocks, writing down. I know you're big on um, on brain dumping, journaling, those sort of things that we mentioned. Is there anything else that you're using, tangible things that people can pick up today as far as journals, apps, any of those things that I mentioned earlier that you have found super helpful besides Focus at Will? Yeah. And I don't know about a specific process or a specific app, but I will tell you another another very nearly daily practice. As I work through these visualizations, right? And I'll give you a couple different examples. One is a positive visualization, which we've all heard. And uh, for me, it is a file in Evernote that has some pictures 
of the family and I in situations where I can remember and I can smell what it felt like, right? So there's a picture of us with the RV on the beach and there's a picture of us walking through New or- New Orleans. Um, there's, a, there's a picture of us in the petrified forest and I can feel the sun. I can smell the air. I can remember what it was like to be there with my family because it reminds me, when I look at this on a daily basis, it reminds me of like what was in, what's important, right? And it's, the, it's freedom, it's autonomy, it's an ability to travel, it's an ability to spend time and new yeah, experiences so with important. my family, right? There's also a negative visualization, which seems weird. And some people think it's this really, really kind of quacky thing that I do. But it's this kind of the stoic philosophy. I think I learned it from Ryan Holiday, if I recall correctly. But it's this idea of sitting for a few moments and thinking about what if the worst happened, right? And so for me, it's like, man, if one of my kids got cancer or, or my wife got super sick, right? Something just really incredibly bad happened. And the reason I think about that is it immediately puts me in this perspective of like, man, no matter what happens today, no matter if I, all the companies completely failed and I had this kind of Job moment per se, I would be so grateful for my family and, and what we have, right? And then the other idea is <laughs> if somebody approached, if this happened, right? This is kind of crazy. If something like this happened and somebody approached you and said, hey, if you gave up everything, all your material possessions, all the money in your bank accounts, all your vehicles, everything, and then this you know, situation would go away, let's cancer or whatever it is, you'd give it up in a heartbeat. Right. Like you wouldn't even think about it. And if so, if that's the case, that shows you, like right there that frames it up. It's like, what's most important? All this crap that we try to accumulate and this material wealth, right? Or the good stuff, the family, the friends, the spouse, the kids, whatever it is. There, you know the answer. And so if that's the case, then sure, you can grind, you can hustle, you can do whatever you want. You want to grow this business, cool, it's totally noble and awesome. But just remember, it's not that important. And that's such an awesome, awesome message. Thanks so much for reminding us what's important out there. And, you know, we know those things and it's just we still get caught up in the busyness and just the demands around us. So you've got such a great, great message for people. And I know uh, as we try to steer more people over to your website and the Slow Hustle podcast and those sort of things, where are the best ways people can connect with you? Which, by the way, I'll kind of stop here for a second. I signed up for your newsletter earlier today. And no joke, as we're sitting here on the podcast, your <laughs> your automatic you know email comes through. It's like drinking jet fuel for breakfast. Surefire win number one. I'm like, Yes, I've got the I've got the <laughs> recipe here. So I'll link all of that up in uh, in show notes. So obviously you believe in that because it's your very first email that goes out after somebody's on your uh, your email list here. But where can we find your podcast, your website, other tools and uh, and resources that we can just get better at slowing down, but also making it count during the times that we need to? Yeah, slow hustle everywhere, man. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, slowhustle.com. Obviously put the site and show notes and episodes and archive and all that good stuff. They can text Slow Hustle, all one word, to 44222, and that'll get them on that 12-part email um, called 12 Surefire Ways to Win the Day, which has jet fuel and morning routine and all this good stuff that we talked about. Yeah, which about, is what I just did earlier. A bunch more stuff. So. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd love it if they joined in on that if they like. And um, I appreciate you uh, giving me the time to share the word with you, man. Yeah, that's great. Thanks so much for doing what you're doing. I look forward to linking all of this up to where people can find you more easily and just get control of their day and uh, wish you the most success going forward with you and your family as, uh, man, I know I know you're not perfect. You don't have this master to the nth degree and you'll always be working on it. But I think you're way ahead where most people want to be. And so we can learn a lot from you. So thanks so much, Peter. And uh We appreciate all the time you gave and I look forward to your continued success. I appreciate you, brother. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, I hope you took a ton of notes about how to stay on the hustle, but also how to slow down and make the most memorable moments in life count to the fullest. If you guys would like to connect directly with me, the best way to do so is email at success101podcast.com or catch me in the world of social media on the Success 101 Podcast Facebook page or Instagram under the name at Success 101 Podcast. I hope you guys are already rocking quarter two of 2017, and I cannot wait to get your comments on how you're maximizing your full potential. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Success 101 Podcast. Until then.